0: support for TPR comes from Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping employers get their people home safely. Preventing workplace accidents protects families
1: and keeps businesses productive. More at texasmutual.com. From Texas Public Radio, this is Texas Matters, a weekly radio news magazine that looks at the issues, events, and people in the Lone Star State. Today on Texas Matters, Can Biden bring order to the border?
0: Do not, do not just show up at the border.
1: This is Texas Matters from Texas Public Radio. I'm David Martin Davies. On Sunday, President Biden will arrive in El Paso for his first visit to the border since becoming president two years ago. It's actually a stopover visit Biden's final destination is Mexico City for a North American summit with the leaders of Mexico and Canada. This is sometimes called the Three Amigos Summit, and it's expected that trade will be the dominant topic, but immigration will also have to be discussed since there have been large increases in the number of migrants showing up on the U.S. southern border. This is happening even as Title 42, a U.S. public health law, remains in place. The Trump era, Title 42, allows American authorities to turn away many people seeking asylum in the U.S., and Biden has tried to end Title 42, but Republican-led states like Texas have used the courts to keep it in place and enforced. All the while, Republican leaders have criticized the president for policies that they say are ineffective on border security, and they have taken to calling it the Biden border crisis, despite the fact that the border crisis is not new under this administration, signaling that the Republicans see this as a political opportunity that they can use to raise funds and win elections. It was a dominant message during the recent midterms. This increased focus from Biden on the border also comes as the president prepares for a 2024 re-election bid, and this issue is seen as a glaring weakness for Democrats on the campaign trail. Donald Trump won the presidency by animating the GOP base with a hardline stance on immigration and a chance to build the wall. Other Republican rivals for the White House are adopting that playbook. Texas Governor Greg Abbott and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis are both trying to earn their bones by shipping migrants to Northern cities. On Christmas Eve, an Abbott border express dropped off more than 100 migrants bused from Texas to Washington DC in 18 degree weather. The migrants arrived at Vice President Kamala Harris's official residence. So what to do about the border has become a divisive and partisan issue. Last December, a coalition of members of Congress from Texas, all Republicans unveiled their own border security framework with a press conference on the Capitol steps. Representative Jody Arrington, who represents a West Texas district that includes Lubbock and Abilene, said Texas needs to lead on securing the border. What's happening at our southern border, this unprecedented humanitarian and security crisis, the record number of people, drugs, Crime and gangs pouring into our communities is a disgrace and completely unacceptable. And with this new Republican majority in the House, our Texas delegation is committed to using every tool and authority at our disposal to hold President Biden, Secretary Mayorkas and this entire administration accountable. The delegation's agenda is called a framework by Texans for Texas, which includes four priority areas complete physical border infrastructure like the wall, fix border enforcement policies, enforce our laws in the interior, and target cartels and criminal organizations. It's extremely unlikely that this plan will become law since the Republicans only hold the House in Washington DC with a slim majority, and even the Republicans in Congress have been slow to seat a speaker. Nevertheless, Biden is countering with his own administrative plan to toughen the border.
0: If you're trying to leave Cuba, Nicaragua, or Haiti, or have agreed to begin a journey to America, do not, do not just show up at the border. Stay where you are and apply legally from there. Starting today, if you don't apply through the legal process, you will not be eligible for this new parole program. One must have a lawful sponsor here in the United States who agrees to sponsor you to get here. Then that person has to go undergo rigorous background checks and apply from outside the United States and not cross the border illegally in the meantime. If they apply and their application is approved, they can use the same app the CBP-1 app, to present at a port of entry and be able to work in the United States legally for two years. That's the process. But if their application is denied or if they attempt to cross into the United States unlawfully, they'll be returned back to Mexico and will not be eligible for this program after that.
1: Democratic Congressman Henry Cuellar, who represents Laredo and part of San Antonio, and who has been critical of Biden's border efforts, welcomes this new White House initiative. I spoke to Cuellar about that.
2: Uh, I am supportive of what he's doing. Uh, This is something that I have talked to the secretary for the last month or so. uh, And it's pretty much down the line of some of the things we've talked about. What it does, it provides incentives for people to do the asylums the right way and then disincentives if they don't do it the right way. And uh, so I think it has a very balanced approach uh, to addressing this. Now, I do understand, uh, you know, there are members that, you know, don't like it. Uh, And, you know, anytime you come with an issue like this, it's going to be hard. But overall, uh, I I am supportive, and especially since – the, the Secretary and I have been talking uh, for the last month or so on, on this particular uh, policy.
1: It's being called an expansion of Title 42. The Supreme Court is uh, still has yet to rule on the legality of Title 42. Um, so this does seem like, a, is this a temporary measure um, based on that?
2: Well, what they mean by the expansion, that means that they're going to apply that from Venezuelans uh, ad Nicaraguans, Haitians, Cubans, because those uh, countries, I mean, those people are coming from countries that cannot accept or, or won't, or don't want to accept uh, their people. Uh, and so that's what they mean. But we all know that Title 42 is going to go away. It's, it, it was only, should be, it's only a health issue. Um, but if you really look at it, Title 8, which is the law, actually provides teeth to this. And when they talk about Uh, you know, some of the teeth, it really comes from the existing law called Title 8. Uh, Title 42 does not have any teeth, so all you can do, you expel somebody that can come back, you expel somebody that can come back. Under Title 8, if they deport you, then there's a 5, 10, 15, 20, or even a permanent ban, depending on the facts. So Title 8 will be the more effective way of using this And what this does is it provides a pathway for people to try to do it the right way, which is through the ports of entry. And if you don't follow that, there will be some penalties. Uh, And a lot of those penalties are under the current law.
1: So you have to apply for that program when you're in your home country. We have thousands and thousands of uh, people who are on the banks of the Rio Grande on the Mexican side who are unable to do that. Uh, Will there be exceptions for them? Do they have to go? I mean, they can't go back to Haiti. They can't go back to Venezuela. What about those folks?
2: They go through the ports of entry. So they can either do the CBP-1 uh, application, uh, what they call that, CBP-1, or they can go through the ports of entry. So all those folks that are waiting there uh, can go through a port of entry and make their asylum request there.
1: Do you see this as a step in in a direction Cause it or is this a permanent solution? I mean, we need a comprehensive immigration reform package still. Uh is this does this help us get there?
2: Well, you know, if you look at it, it does give 30,000 parolees uh or or people the possibility of parole where they can come in uh and get work permits up to 2 years as they're waiting for their you know, their their um uh, their asylum claim. Uh, so it has some very good, uh, very positive things. Uh, and, you know, of course, but to have immigration, immigration reform, it's got to be by the U.S. Congress.
1: For more on Biden's shift on border enforcement, I spoke with Maria Sacchetti, an immigration reporter for The Washington Post. President
3: Biden favors uh, a, a path to citizenship for undocumented immigrants in the country. You know, he had promised his you know, to create more humane, a humane immigration system. But he has a deeply divided Congress and couldn't pass the bill even with Democrats in control. And now the House is in the hands of Republicans and they are unable to even affect uh, elect a leader. And so uh, so Biden has turned to administrative measures to try to address um, what has become, you know, for for many people, a crisis at the southern border. Um, You're seeing growing numbers of people. Uh, coming, uh, but also from a wider array of countries uh, in countries that include places like uh, Venezuela, where it's difficult for the U.S. to deport people. So if, if, if you're coming from a country that, you know, you know, uh, you can't be sent back to, then it's, you know, uh, it's uh, some say it can be an incentive to come here because you're, you're you know, virtually guaranteed to get in. He's going to let in 30,000 people from Venezuela, Cuba, Nicaragua, and Haiti if they have a, a sponsor in the United States who promises to support them financially, which is a very big deal, and uh, to basically take them in. They don't have to live together, but you know they, they, they would be protected. They won't need to end up in a shelter in New York City, for example, where the mayor is complaining that he's also in an emergency situation, and the U.S. taxpayer won't, won't have to cover their costs. And, and that that is a very significant and, and attractive way, obviously, to come to the United States, much more attractive than paying a smuggler, eight thousand dollars or whatever it is to to come to the to the southern border. Uh, but but if you if you do come to the southern border without um, you know with, without going through that kind of program, so you don't have connections you don't have uh, in the United States, you don't have that kind of um, ability to to uh, facilitate your entry that way then you risk being expelled to Mexico. Uh, so, and that, that is very significant because courts have found that uh, migrants have faced uh, real real danger in, in those border cities, you know, kidnappings, even extortion, even, even death.
1: So President Biden's tra- uh, traveling to El Paso on Sunday, and mm-hmm. this is his first trip to the border since becoming president. It's been two years. This is a, a criticism that he's uh, had to deal with since becoming president, that he has not been to the border. Yet people on the right uh, still are criticizing him for going to the border because they're saying this, this will accomplish nothing. This has become a huge political liability and a, a fantastic political football for, for the Republican Party. They, they, this is their issue. And it doesn't seem like there's a, a real uh, easy way for, for Biden to find an upside on dealing with immigration, particularly with people in his own party who are not welcoming this new policy shift. So mm-hmm. w- what's to be made of this politically?
3: Well, it, you know, scholars will say that and advocates will say, you know, who's who studied this over time will say it's long been, you know, the political third rail. But, you know, it was a Republican president who signed the last amnesty in, in
1: 1986.
3: I mean, Republicans were a major uh, partner with Democrats in, in that uh, back then. And President Clinton, you know, a Democrat, signed the 1996 restrictive um, measures, you know, that, that have really cracked down um, on, on immigrants. And so they, you know, worked together back then, too. I mean, uh, a lot of people, uh, there, there are a lot of people on both sides of this that, I didn't uh, didn't like either of those uh, measures. But uh, the, the fact is, the United States is the top destination for immigrants in the world. And it, it, it's a country that um, has laws and, and many of those laws need to be updated. And the, the arguments uh, on both sides uh, of this debate are that the laws should be updated. And they um, as legislators, you know, they have failed over and over again to reach an agreement. And, uh, and, and that has been a, a, a real challenge um, for the American people. I mean, right now you have a country where the population is aging, birth rates have fallen precipitously, um, there's concern about inflation, about unfilled jobs, about uh, wages also, um, and, and, uh, and, and whether they're high enough. So there, there's all kinds of debates. I mean, just a few months ago, I was uh, listening to a hearing in the Senate about uh, the need for doctors and nurses and, and how important it was to, to bring in immigrants. Uh, and, and there's and, and people on both sides, you know, Republicans and Democrats were agreeing, you know, we really need to fix these kinds of problems. You know, at the lack of the need for agricultural workers, um, uh, people, have, you know, the need to address what happened to uh, what's going to happen to dreamers, you know, the the, um, the immigrants who uh, came to America, were brought to America as children uh, and are now undocumented. Uh, what, what will become of them uh, as their numbers shrink, but there's still hundreds of thousands of them. Uh, there, there's, there's just no solution. And uh, th- this is the Congress, the American people have elected, you know, one that is narrowly divided, um, and, you know, in the Republicans' case, at least, you know, that at least this week, you know, and, and often throughout the uh, election, you notes know, it, it seems divided upon itself as well. And Democrats also have divisions uh, on, on these issues. Some are much more progressive than others. And I think what you saw this week with Biden's move to, you know, acknowledging that, you know, migrants are, are moving, but, um, but saying that he does want an, a safe and orderly process. At the border, one that's fair, and uh, and, and isn't um, being you know overtaken by fraud. Uh, he's um, he's saying that you know he he wants um, he, you know he's moving to the center in that way. Because one one of the challenges at the border is that we we don't know how many people are, are actually asylum seekers. You know, so so the, you know we've asked the Department of Homeland Security over and over again. They haven't told us. And uh, and it's just not clear from the records. Uh, So because partly because immigration reporters don't have access to arrest records. Uh, We we just have numbers. Uh, So we we don't even have the number of people who ask for asylum. So you you have a lot of people showing up at the border. Um, Some are fleeing for their lives and and some are coming to work. You know, some are some are even being recruited to work. Uh, So businesses are, are welcoming them. But. But they you know, that's not a, a ground for asylum. And and, uh, and to to work legally in this country, you, know, you have to go through other processes than um, than than just knocking on the door, uh, generally. And so Biden has uh, a, a Biden administration has allowed a lot of people in who are going to be able to work here while they await their cases in the immigration court. But uh, but by bringing in So many um, so many people you're also uh, adding to the population that could one day end up in the in the, you know, really historic number of undocumented people in this country, which um, is, is not good, you know, for for anyone, both, you know, all sides agree.
1: So Biden, in his remarks, made it clear that what he wants is an orderly system on the border. He doesn't want uh, immigrants coming across at the the water's edge. He wants them coming to the bridges and presenting themselves to officials there. That sounds like he is more concerned with dealing with the optics crisis, how this is playing on the, the right wing media or even in the mainstream media, because these pictures are always bad. Uh, when, you know, you're in uh, the Midwest and you, you see these things, it looks terrible. And uh, you don't really understand how the border works and how impossible it is to manage. So he says if maybe he's just trying to try and get rid of those pictures. No more thousands of people walking across the the, the low water crossing, but coming to the bridges. Seems like that would be a better video for, for to help him.
3: That's an interesting question. I mean, I mean... The Trump administration, the Obama administration, and, and the Biden administration have all had these these uh, really disheartening images. You know, you, you had under Obama, you had a surge, the first surge of unaccompanied minors, which is, um, you know, and compared to the Biden administration seems small, but, but that led to a crisis on the border. Uh, you have um, under Trump, you had just terrible conditions. You had, you know, people... You know, you had children dying in detention. You know, there was a terrible uh, flu situation. People crossing in remote areas, uh, dying in, dying in custody. Um, and so, uh, so I think, and and so for Biden, you also have you know these these images that are played, particularly on right wing. Uh, television, and and that's one of the stories that the, the American people are being told. In, in fairness, to the Biden administration, though, I think they also are well aware um, of the uh, of you know of the the deaths that you know that the number of deaths have been rising. No migrants have been have been killed. Um, migrants have died crossing, as you know, uh, and, uh, and, the, and 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 they're you know equally you know if not more vivid images of. Uh, families, you know, crossing through the Darien Gap. I used to live in Central America, and you know, when I was there, it was absolutely unthinkable that you would, you know, take take a you know take a trip through like a hike like that through the Darien Gap. I mean, it just uh, is in a terrifying place, and uh, and and it's, uh, very dangerous. And you're you're seeing children and uh, families, you know, marching through there on their way north. So, so I. You know, I think I think you're right in that there's the, there's an the issue of political optics, but I I think the Biden administration is also uh, trying to to find a solution because they have failed to to get a solution in in Congress, uh, and and that's on both parties. Um, I mean, you, you know, you have the left that that often does not want to talk in enforcement, and and then the far left, you know, talks about abolishing agencies such as Immigration and Customs Enforcement, ICE. Uh, and then you have, you know, on the right, these, uh, you know, the the constant stream of these images on the border, um, and uh, and and the problem that is there. You know, one of the one of the frustrations I think with the left has been the the you know failure to acknowledge that it was a crisis. Um, but then on the on the right, you know, people lawmakers have been pushing the Biden administration to acknowledge that it was a crisis, but really haven't tried to to strike a deal, you know.
2: Well, to, let to me I just kind
1: of just jump in here and say, okay, we can all admit it's a crisis, but we all don't see the same crisis. Now there are people on the right who say this is a public safety crisis, this is a sovereignty crisis, this challenge, this is an existential threat to the United States of America as a nation. And then other people will see this as a humanitarian crisis, where we see uh, poor uh, people who are fleeing horrible conditions, trying to come to the United States to become Americans and work hard and contribute to society. A lot of people look at that, seen and we see different things
3: yeah I mean I mean and, and you really can't know by seeing and, you know the, the asylum is is a deeply personal and and confidential usually uh question um, something that's historically been resolved you know behind closed doors you know where people re, you know recount the most traumatic moments of their lives you know but but to qualify your asylum, you have to have been a, a, you have to have been the target of a threat. It's not just that you come from a country that's violent or that you're feel like you're in danger. Yeah, you you're persecuted.
1: To... And it has to be certain kinds of persecution, a political persecution, religious persecution.
3: Yeah, I mean so you can definitely make those those oh uh, well.
1: And, but proving that and then you know getting through this backlog that we have in our immigration courts which has now reached over two million cases,
3: yeah, I'm sorry, but what you were saying is we, we we see different things. But but what I guess what I was trying to say is is that you know, we don't really know. Right? No one's going to know until each person, you know, who who seeks to enter the United States, you know, gets to plead their case before an asylum uh, officer or an, an immigration judge. And and that's on an individual basis and and the country as as the president said simply just does not have the judges and the asylum officers to adjudicate those cases quickly. So, so that means that a lot of other people who may not qualify for asylum are in that line, that long line, and, and they're, just, they're all going to end up in the United States waiting for some kind of resolution in their cases. And those who lose their cases in the United States it may take so long for them to get that decision from a judge that they've already set down roots here and it will be very difficult to deport them. So so what he is proposing and would like to see you know is some kind of reform where the case the asylum cases would be adjudicated much more quickly. those who win can stay and they'll eventually could become citizens, and those who lose would be removed to their home countries and so um but we're we're far from that kind of system right now
1: so there is a republican plan. Called the Texas Plan, the Texas uh, delegation of uh, Republican Congress people have put this together, and the top priority is finish the wall and build more barriers and, um, and hire more border patrol agents and things like that. And it was one of the conditions that they have for uh, to, for uh, Kevin McCarthy to become a speaker is he has to promise that he's going to. Put this Texas plan up for a vote. It, the, the most Americans, when they poll them, say that they think Republicans are better uh, equipped to deal with the border crisis than Democrats. So I wonder if if Biden is is responding to uh, this this Texas plan, trying to show that he can uh, get control of what's happening at the border and show that Democrats are are capable of doing this. What is your take? What uh, the reporting? that you've had on this Texas plan? Does it seem like it does have legs and that w- it, it could get through and and become policy?
3: Well, I mean, the, the border wall, you know, ha- has, been, um, has been an issue for so long. I mean, the Washington Post just came out with a fabulous fentanyl investigation that showed that the United States poured billions of dollars into building this border wall, while fentanyl, deadly fentanyl, uh, you know, just, through the ports of entry yeah, I and mean, this goes the right the up by 35 it's right yeah. I mean it just didn't it, it, the wall doesn't stop fentanyl and fentanyl is killing so many Americans right now and so um, and, it, and it, the wall also isn't stopping migration as we can see with our own eyes from the images you were just describing and so um, and so I, I don't um, and, you know and Biden has said he doesn't he doesn't want the wall you know he wants he wants a, um a, a more humane and, and effective uh, immigration system. And so, so you, you know, you're right. I and mean, then you do have these proposals on, on opposing sides. You know, I think a lot of people felt that Biden's citizenship proposal earlier this year was far too light on enforcement. Uh, and they felt like it was just going to be another amnesty like the 1986 amnesty that was supposed to fix everything uh, and instead saw the number of undocumented immigrants in the United States uh, more than triple
1: over time. But now Biden goes to Mexico City. Uh, anything? Will there be more policy? Because uh, uh, obviously, Biden will be talking to Mexico about trying to help uh, with immigration policy.
3: Well, I mean, in Mexico, it, it is so interesting because, you know, Mexico, you know, decades ago, and still is a major sender of migrants to to the United States. And, and now uh, Mexico has Become a partner, you know, under the Trump administration. Sometimes in a in a way that, you know, after after the president threatened them, um, and and then now under the Biden administration, uh, generally through diplomacy and cooperation, uh, Mexico has uh, has been has been working, you know, in in partnership uh, with the United States to to try to, you know, control the border. Because of course, you know, these are two, you know, all three of them are are major. Trade partners, what they want happening across borders, other their, you know, free or or, you know, or rapid flow of goods and services and uh, and people, if needed, Uh, in 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 an orderly, legal way. uh, That's what they want to see. And so, um, so having having borders, having open. Borders uh, for for trade is uh, very very important to these countries and so uh, so in, in our, to to our their economies um, and uh, and one one interesting note is that Canada has set, um, has said it desperately needs immigrants and it has it is country that uh, is, is talking about uh, attracting um, uh, a record number you know over the next two years to to fill
1: jobs. Maria Sacchetti is an immigration reporter for The Washington Post. That's it for this edition of Texas Matters. Thanks for listening. I'm David Martin Davies. You can email us at texasmatters at tpr.org. You can find past episodes of Texas Matters on our website at tpr.org. Download and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get quality podcasts. And tune in again next week for another edition of Texas Matters from Texas Public Radio.
0: Support for TPR comes from Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping employers get their people home safely. Preventing workplace accidents protects families and keeps businesses productive. More at texasmutual.com.